You are listening to the QSR Web Podcast. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to this week's QSR Web Podcast. I am, of course, QSR Web Editor Shelley Whitehead, and today we're going to take a trip to that gateway city of St. Louis, Missouri, where the 52-year-old roast beef-centered brand Lion's Choice is roaring away with a relatively new CEO at the head in Mike Cubstis. He joins us in just a moment to talk about the brand and its path inside and outside the St. Louis metro area right after this. Are you a supplier or a brand working to elevate the customer experience? The Interactive Customer Experience Association connects brands, suppliers, agencies, and more who are working to create transcendent customer experiences. Let's work together to create a better customer experience ecosystem for us all. Join the ICX Association today at icxa.org. And we're back with a QSR that has established itself as king of the fast food jungle in its home-based city of St. Louis, where Lion's Choice reigns supreme. But this QSR may have its sights set wider, which we're about to find out more about with our guest today, Lion's Choice CEO, Mike Cupstis. Welcome, Mike. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, it is our delight to have you here today. You know, this is kind of a standout in the quick service pack. Just in the variety of less traditional center-of-the-plate offerings you serve, like smoked ham and pulled pork and hot dogs, along with that central focus of roast beef. And I wonder why opt to stay with that assortment, particularly in pork-related items and what are the top three menu orders right now? Well, roast beef obviously still uh, is is king, as we say around here. And I think it starts with the fact that we're a 52-year-old brand that was founded on it. And uh, I think in, in this industry, so many folks have attempted to be everything to everybody, um, as opposed to something they're capable of doing really well and consistently. Of course, over the years, we've had to include products outside of the roast beef area. We've introduced the salad line, and as you mentioned, hot dogs and turkey and ham. But uh, roast beef still makes up 51% of our sandwich sales. Sandwiches make up 75% of our total sales. So I think it's important to stay relevant to today's customers and guests, but do it, we believe, by also nodding to the past and what got us here in these 52 years, roast beef. <laughs> roast beef all the way. <laughs> I would like to ask you, though, when it comes to pork, that's kind of something that gets skipped over in QSR. And I understand you are a roast beef brand, but I wonder why that's offered as another option. Well, I think, again, we're trying to differentiate ourselves and to, and to stay the course with products that not uh, being advertised by everyone else in the, in the QSR uh, segment. I think um, what we have determined is that frequency um, is dependent on staying relevant and providing variety. We actually test and, and look at things that we think appeal to our group, and I'll talk a little bit about who our, um, our customers are. 
Oh, we tested this book. We've actually had it for a long time, and just recently we've enhanced it. I think and brought it to more current day um, offering with uh, sweet potato waffle fries and a uh, and a sandwich where the pork is actually tossed in sweet and sour, uh, sweet and smoky barbecue sauce with slaw pickles. And uh, it's sold as much as any other limited time only offering we've done, inclusive of of beef. So it, it speaks to people's desires today to explore menus and to see what's unique and different in any particular day. So to, to your point, pork becomes just one other vehicle of which we believe we can do that. We've also offered in the past a sandwich that combines three proteins, um, our roast beef with the smoked uh, turkey and ham um, and a special bistro sauce with a little hollandaise on it. It's a, it's a killer as well. <laughs> I like that. It's delicious. Ridiculously good, as we like to call it here. Our guests are, are, are somewhat interesting, which makes it a bit of a challenge, I think, as we try to predict and understand tastes and trends. Um, we're very broad for, some, for a brand that's very narrow in scope. Um, we're about 50-50 male-female, and we have um, 85% of our customers can fall into three different categories. And, and these are our terms. These aren't any big scientific demographic terms. But the first one is a hungry worker, and the hungry worker um, makes you feel like it's a male, but there's a, a good portion of uh, female customers in that. But this hungry worker could be hard hat uh, wearing or suit and tie wearing, but what they've come to appreciate is a solid, good-for-you meal that they have a sense for what it is. <laughs> it's identifiable, and it's one that sustain, you know, sustains their, their tasks of the day. Our second largest group is a gatekeeper parent. And this one's a unique um, group of customers in the sense that their mission is to provide food for their family that, again, is considered... Um, the best alternative possible, whether it's between a soccer game or or school tryouts or band practice. I think this is an area of huge differentiation for us. The fact that um, moms and dads both like coming to Lions Choice because it's uh, food that they'd feel comfortable and proud of serving in their own home. And then the third group, and this is in descending order of, of amount, if you will, is an adventurous millennial. And this millennial who tends to favor more than anyone taste and origin of food and quality of food equally. Many of these folks, uh, these millennials, ate with us in St. Louis years ago when their parents visited us and now have revisited us with a new set of, of standards, if you will and see us in a different light. So it's actually really intriguing to watch these folks come in and enjoy the ridiculously good roast beef again. Well, I can see that. You know, it's nice how it kind of goes back and circles in on itself um, and brings you new adult customers, so to speak, who are bringing new children customers <laughs> in the never-ending cycle. I think if we could do that in this industry over and over and over again, it would be, <laughs> it would be utopia. Right. Just, yeah. Just keep, just keep um, turning them full circle. That's the trick. So, listen, a step back now, if we may. Can you can can you give us kind of an eagle's eye view of the brand, like your store numbers, your geographic reach at the moment, kind of that overview? 
Sure. Well, we're uh, St. Louis born and bred. Um, we have 29 locations that we'd call traditional. Um, three of those are franchise. Uh, we have we have uh, two non-traditional uh, locations. One here in the Enterprise Center, home of the Stanley Cup champions, I might add. Oh, I love how you snuck that in. <laughs> Thank you very much. And a food truck, which we introduced a year and a half ago, which has uh, multiple purposes, actually. We can we can explore that um, if, if you're interested. Uh, we're obviously in Missouri. Um, we've recently expanded to Kansas City, which uh, spreads uh, the border of both of Kansas and Missouri. So um, we've added that as a state. And uh, we've just recently opened up um, our first store and another one under construction in Illinois, which is actually the metro east of the St. Louis area. So three states, 29 locations, plus two non-traditionals. And uh, we're growing right now um, with a plan of about five stores a year. We've just opened uh, five stores in the, in the last 14 months. As we speak, we have virtually three under construction or will be under construction next week. And um, we have deals signed for at least three others in what I'd say either an LOI or moving toward lease. So it's an exciting time for Lions Choice to be able to take a product that people are actually pulling, if you will. I've worked at brands in the past as we've expanded where there's been more of an effort to push a brand into a new geographical area. And what we've learned in Kansas City is we're being pulled into Kansas City. There's enough folks who've experienced the brand or grew up or have relatives in St. Louis that fondly recall it or have a, their own sense of loyalty. So we're actually, our our entrance into Kansas City has been um, spectacular. And we think that same strategy will work as we move from the south, uh, from the from the St. Louis region, whether it's uh, slightly to the southwest or slightly to the northwest, staying in the Midwest, um, where the values and uh, and the love for beef are just as exciting as they are in St. Louis. Well, I do want to take you up on the offer to talk a little bit more about the food truck. Tell us about that and how the brand will use it. Well, three primary objectives, really. We see it as a profit center. Um, it's opportunity to literally go where we don't have a traditional brick and mortar location and uh, introduce uh, the brand, which then leads into the second um, objective, which is one of awareness building. It, in fact, as a good example of that, we had the food truck in Kansas City for almost nine months before we opened our first store, just traveling around and, and uh, sharing the love of roast beef. The third objective is to use that in a good way to, to serve the communities. Recently, we sent it to uh, Jefferson City, the state capital, which had just um, experienced a devastating tornado. And we sent the truck to feed our workers and relief workers in the area. In fact, we just had a charitable event this past Saturday at the uh, APA Animal uh, Protection Association here of St. Louis, and uh, and fed everybody who uh, donated a, or adopted a pet. Um, so those three criteria work really well, and uh, we're getting really positive response on it. That's wonderful. Yeah, it really does maximize the those wheels, so to speak. You know, I guess you've been in the C-suite, what, two years now? I'm wondering, what's your take on the biggest challenge, or I guess we would say opportunity for Lions Choice and its leadership at this moment in time? Well, I think there's probably one that's a that's an industry challenge and one that's maybe a Lions Choice. And I, 
I'd hate to just focus on one. I think today this industry is is struggling in the labor force with a really low to mostly non-existent unemployment rate. It's just tough. And for, for whatever reason in this industry, I think it, it has served as a last resort for folks looking for work. Yet, you know, there's many of us, including myself, who, who grew up in it. I started my career at 16 in the restaurant industry and have never left. So there's huge opportunities for it. But it's a challenge that not just Lion's Choice, but anybody in this industry is, is faced with today. I think as it relates to Lion's Choice, I just I describe this as a brand that's had unbelievably loyal guests, unbelievably loyal team members. We we just gave an award to a manager that's been a manager for 41 years. And we have associates or team members who've been with us for longer than that, slicing meat and knowing every guest by name. I think those those are why we still exist and are relevant uh, in, a, in so many ways after 52 years. But I think our brand just got tired, became less relevant to the to the world as the world was changing and becoming and for becoming new, different, more convenient, and and perhaps even uh, more relevant in terms of food choices. And I think what we have been doing is trying to invigorate the brand and 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 um, essentially in essence rebranding it. I I use when we talk to managers a lot that Lions Choices survived these last 52 years by by running along the freeway, if you will, on the frontage road, steady eddy, 35 miles an hour, and we needed to get it back up onto the highway and, and over in the left lane and start start doing a little bit more cruising. So, you know, we've we've launched new stores with a new prototype. We're remodeling the older stores. We've created new channels of distribution. We're delivering. We've partnered with DoorDash. We're using Olo as an online ordering partner. We've restated a mission and in, in our and in in values and and a and a culture statement that supports what we're doing. We're trying to stay relevant with new products, as I mentioned. And I think it's what's so, on one hand, challenging and exciting on the other is that it's it's a constant moving target, right, to stay relevant uh, with with guests and customers today. Everybody's yelling, screaming, value, promotion, new product, convenience. And it's how you do that in a way that's still true to who we are as a brand that's that's been around for 52 years is is the challenge and in uh, the excitement all in one? Yeah, don't envy you though. <laughs> Being the guy in charge, there's, because... a few, there's a few missed uh, opportunities for sleep at night, as everybody <laughs> knows. <laughs> I, I can almost hear the on in the audience. So I think you've kind of gone ahead with what a, what some of the really great initiatives you've got going are. Is, is there one that you feel like since you've taken the reins has you're really like proud of? I know it sounds like a parent or a grandparent. I'm proud of it all. Um, <laughs> I, but I think I think I think I'm most proud of our people. I think we've worked really hard to create, redefine and help people embrace a culture that should launch us so much further into the into the next few years. Without that, frankly, the growth and the remodel um, activity and you know DoorDash and delivery are irrelevant. I think I've seen in the two and a half years I've seen you know a fire that's uh, been reestablished with folks young and old, meaning just started with a company, 
or like I mentioned, the 41 uh, year anniversary general manager. And to see that, that's probably what I'm most proud of right now. And and I think it's also the most important if we're gonna if we're attempting to build this brand outside of uh, its its core roots of St. Louis. Do you think that this brand, so roast beef centric, which despite its you know kind of unique side of veggie sticks, is still very meat centered? Do you think it'll do a plant based meat offering per se offering anytime soon? Oh, absolutely. I think going back to the to the importance of staying relevant today and seeking increased levels of frequency. We're fortunate we have a sister concept. Our uh, our ownership also owns a brand out of uh, Chicago. Actually, operates in a in a few different markets: uh, California, Oregon, Denver, and Chicago. Called Native Foods. Native Foods is a vegan brand. Little little sneak preview that uh, we're able to do a little collaboration, and we're learning a lot about. Uh, plant-based proteins through our sister concept, and I think when we when we find the one and the approach that doesn't negate or subtract from our current offering, and that we believe we can execute at the same high level of standards that we do our other products, I think um, our guests will be having a new option uh, <laughs> that may not be uh, roast beef based. Wow, that's fun to watch. I'll tell you what, um, it, and is Native Foods, and I'm sorry for. I shouldn't admit to that in the position I'm in, but is it a QSR brand? It, is. It, it, it plays in the premium QSR, our fast casual brand, which is where we position ourselves. Although we're not delivered to the table, the Lion's Choice brand is, you know, we, we definitely see ourselves, our direct competitors being the premium QSR or the entry level of fast casual. And, and native food is, is in the same category. Wonderful. So this just begs the question, looking forward, what would you say? are you most excited about coming forward in the next two years for this brand? I think exposing this brand in new markets that I think will be unbelievably surprised at its unique product offering and um, how directly it will correlate with their needs. That sounds really like big picture stuff, but it's actually, if you break that down, I think it's a lot tighter. I think Every time someone puts a Lion's Choice roast beef sandwich in their in their um, mouth, it's a it blows their mind. And to watch that, and to experience that, and understand that this is a brand that's been around for 52 years is maybe one of the most satisfying, and gratifying things I've done in a long time. Besides, uh, introduce my grandchildren to fun things to do. <laughs> I'll put that- <laughs> I can feel the excitement coming through. Good, good. I, I, uh, I do have it, and I think um, everybody shares. In that excitement, it's 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 a tough industry. It's it's hard to stay in it and play in it. But what keeps you in it is when you know you're fulfilling a need and that people really get excited about it. And I think that's that's what we're seeing and experiencing in this organization today. Thank you so much, Mike. We've learned a lot about the king of the beef, so to speak. And thanks to our listeners, too. And I hope you all will come right back here the next time. We have a QSR web podcast to hear from another great brand. Until then, have a great one, everybody.